Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane here with an episode of Coffee with Kane and Casey recorded live on the No Filter Network. Now we're putting this episode into the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery podcast. It was recorded live, so there may be some hiccups in the recording. There may be some where we're talking over each other. But again, this is a direct feed from the Coffee with Kane and Casey podcast recorded live on No Filter. Net. If you're interested in joining the show and being a live guest, just head over to nofilter.net, click on hosts, search for Brian Kane, and you can get yourself a ticket to join us on one of the future shows of Coffee with Kane and Casey. And let's talk about how you can master the mental game on the baseball field and in life to give you that best chance for success. This is the current episode of Coffee with Kane and Casey. Is Coffee with Kane and Casey. I'm Brian Kane, mental performance coach, joined here by the mayor himself, Sean Casey. Sean, thanks for coming on, man, on, on, the, on the Coffee with Kane and Casey. I might as well call this Goats and Oats if I'm going to have you here for breakfast. You know? Wow. Wow. Look, Kane, I, I had something similar, too. I had like six different berries with oatmeal this morning. Is that what you're doing right there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a mixed berry bag, you know, from, from Whole Foods. I throw it in with some oats and some ripple. It's like a pea protein milk. Throw it in the fridge overnight, pull it out in the morning, dump a little Vermont maple syrup in there, man. You can't forget the roots. And then I drop a little scoop of peanut butter in there, and we roll. Oats and goats. Love it. I love Coffee it. Coffee with Casey. <laughs> good, good, man. So I'm excited for the lineup of, um, you know, people that we're going to have joining us today. We got got a good number of attendees coming in. As the attendees are coming in, would you please open up the group chat function? I know for a lot of people, this might be their first time ever using No Filter Network. So when you come into No Filter Network, if you would uh, open up the group chat and if you would post, you know, your name, where you're from, and then that way uh, we have an opportunity to know who's with us here this morning. And then what we'll also do is we'll also then pull people into uh, our No Filter call here with coffee with Casey and Kane. And we'll get after it. So I know we got some some uh, professional baseball players who are going to join us today. We've got David from Halifax, Nova Scotia, north of the border, coming in. Eric Burns from Truckee, California. We got Ryan Schatzberger from the University of the Incarnate Word down in San Antonio, Texas. Coach Schatzberger. So uh, we got Nick Solak coming in, professional baseball player with the Texas Rangers. Let's do this here, Nick. If you would, if you guys take a look at your screen there, you're going to see an option that says knock. And when you knock, you're basically saying, Kaner, I've heard enough of you already. I want to talk to, <laughs> I want to, talk to the mayor, Sean Casey. So when I knock, I can then bring you in, right? It's like you knock at the door, we let you in. We're going to see who's going to knock first. We got Ryan Harrison on here. Oh, baby, let's go. One of the greatest. Oh, yeah. Nick Solak, Ryan Schatzberger. If you would all knock, let's bring you in here and let's get some. So. Ryan Schatzberger going to be our first one in. Let's bring him right in. Coach Schatz from the University Incarnate Word. Welcome to No Filter Coffee with Kane and Casey. Coach Schatzberger, how we doing? Coach Schatz, how we doing? I'm trying to figure this out. Trying to figure yeah. it out. Hey, there, hey, yeah, like, Coach, hey, I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Hey, Schatz, you know, like Yoda, do or do not. There is no try, buddy. I'm glad you're yeah. here. What do, you, what do you got? What do you got for for Sean Casey this morning, man? Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. No, I just I'm excited to be on here and 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 pick your brain of of you your stuff with our guys and and just trying to take it to the next level with your you know keys to success and your your approach and your routine and you know just different things with you. I mean, 
I, was, I said something to our guys about how, you know, you uh, your average against elite left-handed pitchers is is off the chart. And I think a lot of that's to your preparation. Um, and it's something we talk with our guys a lot about. Sean, would you kind of unpack that for us a little bit? I mean, obviously, yeah. le- lefty versus left matchup, difficult, yeah. but you had a ton of success there. Would you kind of talk about your approach? Yeah, Shotzi, first, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, you know what? I think it's funny. You know, nowadays with, with lefty and lefty, it's, you know, I think so many so many coaches get into, like, uh, you know, um, platooning guys and, oh, man, this guy doesn't do well against lefties. And what I found was, you know, the, the best way to hit lefties is to play against them. And I know early on in my career, I, I had to really learn to hit lefties, especially at the big league level. Like, it was just such a different element, especially when you're facing a guy like Randy Johnson. I remember facing my first time. I was, like, definitely scared more than anything. I was like, oh, I kind of felt like, get me out of here. But it, I had to ultimately learn how to, like, stay in against those guys. And, you know, for me, um, for me going lefty on lefty, it, 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 was, it was something that helped me against righties. Because it really, when I was facing left, a tough lefties, it really – really taught me to stay in as long as I could. I always tell my kids, like, or guys that I coach, I say, I mean, that front shoulder is so key to, uh, on a lefty on a lefty because you just got to hold that pose as long as you can. Like, you really got to believe in sitting there and letting the ball travel and really getting visual and seeing it early, but seeing it late against a lefty. For me, it was really about Shotzi keeping that front shoulder in, really being relaxed, seeing the ball late so I could see that last tick, especially on the slider. And a lot of times when I faced a lefty, I would give him the inner half. I would kind of split the plate in half. I would kind of give her, I would, I would say inner third to the outer third was mine. Like anything in that was a, that was a tough pitch in on a lefty. I just would give it to him because I knew first off, it's tough to do that in the big leagues three times, let alone high school, college or wherever you're at. Right. So for me, I said, okay, I'm going to look away something I can handle, especially the slider. And I'll react in if I have to with two strikes. But that that approach really worked for me to stay in the gaps, left center, right center, and then slide or try to drive it to left center. I appreciate it. One of the things that you said, one of the things you said that I've heard you talk about, and maybe you can unpack for us, is then we got Ryan Harrison here. Maybe we can get him to knock and come in and join the call as well. But you talked about wanting to get visual. What do you mean by get visual? Man, Ryan Harrison's on the call. His dad, Bill Harrison, was one of my one of my dear mentors and coaches, uh, you know, uh, slowthegame.com. And those guys, Bill Harrison was a genius, you know, as far as, you know, listen, I think it, 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 I always tell, you know, the guys I work with too, there's five o'clock hitters and there's seven o'clock hitters. At five o'clock, we're in the batting cage and, and, and we got balls coming at 50 miles an hour right down the middle or whatever. And we all are good there. But at seven o'clock, what's different? You know, what's different at seven o'clock? And for me, what's different at seven o'clock? or the one o'clock, what's different at game time is that I really had to learn to take a breath, right? I really had to learn that my eyes were connected to my brain and that the more that I took that deep breath, I would be able to slow things down and really get present with the ball. And then I would get into my thoughts of see the ball, hammer it, right? I I was in my mind, yes, yes, yes. But in my body, I was really calm knowing that that calmness was would turn my vision on. And especially when you get to the big league level, that vision's everything. Because great the great pitchers, they make their money in those last three, four feet, right? right? That leg cutter, that sinker, you know, maybe the, the, the fastball that's that two seamer, right? So I gotta be really good 
at being relaxed so I can see the ball those last few feet and those last few ticks. And that's what I mean by slowing myself down so I can really get visual because tension's poison. Any anxiety that's in there just a little bit allows me to be fast. And when I'm fast, I start jumping. When I start jumping, my head moves, my eye moves, and everything speeds up. And that's exactly the thing I don't want as a hitter when I'm in the box. Nice. Nice. We got joining us here live. They've knocked. We bring them, brought them into the room. We got Ryan Harrison. Uh, as, as Sean, you mentioned, you worked with Ryan's father, Bill, who was, was kind of the pioneer, kind of the first ever that I'm aware of, vision coach for sports training. Ryan, can you hear us? Sounds like we got some technical difficulties. Yeah, I got you. Sorry, I don't know what's going on my camera. All right. As long as we can hear you, brother, you, you got a face made for radio. So as long as you're with us, we're good. But, uh, <laughs> Talk to talk to us, Ryan, if you would, maybe about about kind of vision training, the importance of vision in baseball. Well, you know, I'm going to go back on on here, and, and he's he's being nice. I mean, his lefty versus lefty, his numbers are phenomenal, and um, you know, it, and he he put it really good. Is you know, it, it can be nerve wracking, but he knew that he had to pick up that ball early to give himself a chance. And, um, you know, it, it's something that makes sense. And a lot of people talk about, Hey, you got to watch the ball, but it's really about having a methodology, a, a vision plan, just like Brian, you and I talked about having a mental plan, but having a visual plan of how to get your eyes to the right place at the right time and, uh, slowing it down, picking it up early. And, and Sean and I had a talk, it's relaxed eyes or better eyes, get, get them to see the ball as good as you can and trust it. And trust all your work to, that you've done on the swing to, to work. Relaxed eyes or better eyes. Tension is poison. We got some gems coming out here. Hey, let's cheers to a coffee with you. Cheers. Nick, I saw you drinking coffee. Let's get one. Boom, there it is. <laughs> cheers. We got Nick Solak coming in. Nick, what do you got? Pastel on that coffee there? What's on that coffee cup? I don't know. It's uh, just <laughs> a blue little, blue little. Design, I guess. Fantastic. Well, Nick Solak, Major League Baseball player with the Texas Rangers, College World Series hero from the University of Louisville. Nick, thanks for joining us here today. I know, um, you know, you're, you're as, as into the mental game as anybody. Any questions that you have for, for Sean Casey, Ryan Harrison, anything you want to kind of dive into here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, thanks for sending this out. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, ever since I watched that, uh, MLB network special that, that Sean did that, that fired me up. Uh, you know, all the, all the different, you know, takeaways from that, uh, especially the baseball card thing. You know, I mean, debuting in 19, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really understand it or, you know, like put words to it. But after you talked about <clears throat> facing guys that you'd collected their baseball cards for years, but finally coming to this realization, like, man, I got to stop thinking like that. Cause you know, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to go out and compete. That was, that was like, that was like spot on, you know, trying to getting to that realization and finally kind of moving past that point. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that so true, Nick? You know, I mean, like, I, I know I, going back to that, like, I remember like the, the two guys that I remember, like when I faced Randy Johnson the first time I threw an 0 for four out there, I was really intimidated. And I remember thinking like, man, I got this guy's rookie car. He's one of the best guys and a couple of days later we faced Maddox and he carved me up you know threw me the two seamer that looks like it's going to hit you and it paints you inside and I'm over four against him but I'm like man that's really cool it's Greg Maddox and then I had the I had the thought I said man this is a terrible thought process 
Because if I keep if I keep giving these guys the credit that they, that they're the greatest pitchers out there, I'm going to be out of the game soon. Like I'm going to walk myself right out of here. I got to figure out a new thought process to like when I go in the batter's box. At the end of the day, it's me versus me. It's me versus my thought. It's 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 me versus my relaxation. It's me versus my vision. How can I get that ball? And one of the things that helped me was I started to tell myself <clears throat> as soon as the ball is released, it's no longer Randy Johnson. It's no longer Greg Maddox. It's no longer Max Scherzer for you guys and DeGrom and these guys. It's a pitching machine. And that ball is going to come out. And, and if it's if it's with DeGrom or something like that, it might be 100. And it might be nasty, uh, nasty movement. But at the end of the day, it's up to my relaxation and my vision and 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 my my process to really control getting a pitch I can handle and hammering. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I it helped me so much to really just dumb it down and say, no, it's it's however I choose to see it. It's my perspective. It doesn't have to be that guy is so nasty. What it is is, you know, how good am I controlling myself? So, you know, Nick, you're you're in such a great place right now, and you know, entering that that awesome phase of your life, and uh, you know. That's just cool that you even think about that, you know, that you saw that and, and thought that, like, man, that's it, man. At the end of the day, it's you versus you. And how good can you do that night in and night out, pitch by pitch? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's funny. You look back, it's like, I mean, I mean, I've been a huge baseball fan my whole life, right? I collected the cards. Like, that's no joke, right? It's like, you know, like I, I liked it, right? It's like, well, now I'm facing this guy. And, like, now we're competing against each other. So, you know, I. I don't want to think about that baseball card anymore. Right, right, right. It's irrelevant now. It's irrelevant, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or it's, it's, uh, you know, I got a, a guy I work with, and you know, when they, when you go into their Google account, like you have a picture, and he's got a picture of Mike Trout, and he's pitching in the minor leagues, and I'm like, bro, someday you're gonna have to get this guy out. Like, you know, why don't you put your picture in there instead of instead of <laughs> instead of Mike Trout, you know? Um, so that, that was interesting. The, the concept of, I used to collect these guys, baseball cards, you know, case, one of the things that you also talk about, and I posted in our group chat for the people following here, I posted a link to the MLB network video that, that Nick was referring to that Sean did, which I think is the best 15 minutes of the mental game of baseball ever. I mean, just a tick better than the Evan Longoria can revisit this. The second thing I posted in there was a link to my notes I made in Google drive on Google Docs. So if you click those, you should see a Google doc. You can download those notes. Case, one of the things you say in there is as a hitter, this guy's got to get me out three times. I only got to beat him once. Would you unpack that for us? Um, you, you, are you, Kane, are you talking about like, 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 tell me what you, what, what so, so you're saying like when, when you're hitting, he's got to, he's got to put the ball over your plate three times. Like he's got to come over your plate three times. Right. right? And he might right. beat you the first time and beat you the second time, but you only got to beat him once. Right. Well, that, this is, this is the biggest thing. <clears throat> Another big thing for me, it was like, I thought to myself, you know, obviously I have to unpack pitch by pitch, right? At the end of the day. And, and that's why I, I was telling my kids the other day, I said, you know, baseball's hard. That's why the game decided after double day said, Hey, guess what? If you're hitting, you get three strikes, not two, not one. You get three of them because it's a hard game and you're going to look bad sometimes on certain pitches, right? But at the end of the day, like, I got to be able to hone my craft for like, and when I get that pick and I'm ready to go, like, I got to be able to, I got to be able to hammer it, right? So he can, he can give me that, paint that one nasty in. He can give me the nasty, the nasty slider that I look bad on. Remember facing Johan Santana, like, guaranteed when you face Johan Santana, you're going to look like a fourth grader. Just, just guaranteed. Just put it in the books. One swing, you're going to look terrible. 
it's just part of the game, right? But I just knew it was that one pitch that's going to be available at some point. Like in the big leagues, you usually get one. You know, when you're facing elite, you might not get one, right? You're facing a, a Scherz or a DeGrom, a, a Maddox, those guys. You might not get one. But usually you're going to get one. And when you start getting three, four, five, you might get two. So for me, I, 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 the, the best part about hitting was, man, how can I master that one area where that pitch is going to be? Hunt the fastball and be ready to go. And, and the other pitches give to him. But you're right, Kinger. It's like, man, how good can I get at my process that I'm ready to go when that pitch is there? Hmm. Hmm. Any other questions that you guys have? Uh, Ryan Schatzberger, Nick Solak, Ryan Harrison joining us here from knocking and entering the room. Anybody? I know we've got other participants here, other attendees. If you've got questions, we've got the group chat function. If you want to knock and we'll bring in, we can do that. Uh, I know, Nick, you had a you had a, a laundry list of things you wanted to talk with Casey about. So anything else you want to kind of get after here? Um, how about uh, how about like mental imagery and visualization? How much did you? you know, use that in your career? Um, and was there a time that, you know, it really clicked for you if you did use it or, you know, how, how did you ever, you know, use that to help your game? Yeah. You know what? Ryan's dad, Bill Harrison was big on like, yeah, like, like I think sometimes I remember we, we used to talk about visualization when I was younger and I'd be get overwhelmed with it, man. What's, what's that mean? You know, how do I get visualization? I'm like, no, at the end of the day, like, like Dr. Harrison used to tell me, like, take your best swings and just go look at them, right? And, and look at when you were locked in. You know, Nick, when that, that times in your career where, man, I'm so locked in. Like, what is that? I used to write down when I was locked in, man, what am I doing right now? Like, give, give me a list of things I'm doing. But I would get my great at bats and I'd look at them, right? And I, I, would, I would just, I would do that before the game. I would do it on flights. I would do it on, you know, whatever I wanted to just, you know, really get into, you know, some good imagery for myself. And the other thing I would do is like, I remember Willie Stargell said a long time ago when I was first coming to the league, and I, and I think I read it maybe in the Harvey Dorfman's mental game of baseball. He talked about like, whenever, whenever uh, I, I would struggle or whatever, I feel like I needed to get back to where I needed to be. I would think about line drive up the middle, just hit a line drive up the middle. And that always helped me too. It was always like, I, if I get back to something simple, line drive back up the middle, line drive up the middle. And and the other thing I would do as far as like the visualization was when I got in the box, I would try to like, we were, Ryan, Ryan and I were talking about last night, we're talking about that eye switching. I would go, I would look at that left center sign at 385 and they'd go 385 to the pitcher, 385 to the pitcher, like, and try and keep it broad to fine, broad to fine. And as soon as that guy was ready to wheel and deal, bam, now I'm honed in on him. So there was something to be said about like, getting that broad focus to a fine focus where I was like, okay, I see the big picture. And as soon as that guy's ready to dance, like let's, it's time to go. You know what I mean? So that helped me out a lot too, like visualization, like doing things with my eyes to help me, uh, you know, go pitch by pitch. And we got Ryan Harrison here, one of the top vision coaches on the planet. Ryan, would you kind of unpack what Casey's talking about there with kind of that I lost the term fine focus, hard focus, kind of off in the distance of the picture. Would you kind of unpack the, the, the vision kind of science or the process behind that a little more? Yeah. Um, I do, Brian, want to, want to go back over this visualization process too. I think, um, you know, you and I have talked in the past and, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, ideas, Nick. Everyone says you got to visualize, you got a picture, all this. And, 
And everyone's like, well, I, okay, I get it, but I don't know if I do it or not. I don't know what, how to do it right. And, you know, you got to come up with your own individual way of doing it. But Sean said something really, really good is it's the positive imagery, you know, seeing those great hits, you know, and it's so easy for us and um, to visualize bad stuff and do the things we don't want to do and, and the mistakes that we made. And, and this is obviously in life and, and in general. And one of the things I know Sean did, uh, and he kind of mentioned this, I just want to add to it. And I think Brian, you do this too with some, some people is get a highlight video and take your, take, I, you know, we're, I'm a believer in only one swing. You don't need the whole highlight video. Just get the one swing that what creates that great emotion for you and play it like a, your own music video, play it over and over again, add a song to it. I always tell people, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily like heights. And um, before I got married many years ago, I decided to jump out of an airplane. And that was the most craziest emotional day of my life on there. And uh, positive, negative, all those fun, fun. I mean, biggest rush ever, except for I guess getting married on there. But, but um, you know, I have a vi- highlight video of it with Lenny Kravitz song. And every time I hear that Lenny Kravitz song, it brings me back to the Oh crap, I'm jumping out of this friggin' plane and, and then, oh man, that was the greatest thing I've ever done. And, you know, so, so adding music and getting that highlight is, is huge. Now, what, what Brian asked me and, and Sean said, and Sean and I were talking about this is there's, there's something cool with eye movements. And when your eyes are in motion, you can't think. Okay. Now this is huge. Everyone is afraid of thinking too much. Uh, thinking about mechanics, thinking about success, thinking about all these, you know, failures, thinking about all this stuff. But when our eyes are moving, we literally like windshield wipers, we can't think. So one of the things Sean would do is he would move his eyes from the numbers on the outfield fence. Uh, and everyone can have their own pattern and it might be back to the pitcher. It might be second base, shortstop, but it's, it's having a rhythmic eye movement to, um, to keep clear your mind. And then he had that ability to switch to at least point and pick that ball up you know, nice and early and, and clear minded and thought free. So that's a simple way, Brian. You know, Ryan, I heard, I think it was Barry Bonds one time you talked about like, I think when he was playing in San Francisco and they had the gap, right. When the, the gap outlet store, the gap store, yep. and he would basically look like gap sign, gap sign, gap sign, gap sign, and then kind of bring his eyes into the picture. And I'm assuming that's probably something he got from you or your father. Yeah, actually, I, I got some cool video uh, of my dad and Barry when Barry was a AAA player talking about vision on there. But, um, it, you know, it it's part of the method of, you know, again, clearing your mind. Whatever that pattern is, it, it's not there. I was telling Sean and I were talking about this last night about some other things. But uh, there's some research talking about how eye movements kind of calm the amygdala of the brain, which is the fear factor uh, side of the brain. So doing this is actually calming some things in your brain to allow you to perform at your best. Hmm. I got I got a great story really quick, guys. This would be a good one for you guys, especially for you, Nick. I was talking to uh, Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker and Joe Morgan one time. I was at spring training, and Bake was managing the Reds. I think I was down with the network, and Joe Morgan was there. And we started talking. It was a great conversation. And Joe was doing a game, and Dusty was a manager <clears throat> for the Giants. That night on Sunday Night Baseball, you know, Bonds Bonds uh, goes two for two with two homers and two walks. 
He saw 15 pitches. Uh, obviously, he has the two walks. So, and he got two. He got two strikes to hit. Right. He swung twice and got two strikes. And he, and and they said to him, "How'd you do it?" Like everyone knows, everyone in the world knows they're not pitching to you. You got 15 pitches. You walk twice. You got two pitches to hit, and you hit him into the bag. Like, how'd you do it? He said, you know how you know how I did it? <clears throat> I think every pitch is going to be right down the middle. And when it is, I hammer it. And it was that simple. It's like the, great, the greatest player I've ever seen, Barry Bonds, was just sitting down the middle. And he was ready every pitch. <clears throat> and he never got caught up into the whole thing. Hey, these guys aren't pitching to me. I got to, I'm just going to take, I'm going to take this pitch off. No, he never took a pitch off because when he got the fastball, he was hunting it and, we, and he talks me down the middle. And, and I, what the great thing about that is visually as a hitter, when you start to think, when you look for that pitch down the middle, a lot of pitches start to look down the middle and you start to square up more pitches. I just thought it was a great story. Bonds, two pitches, two homers, two walk, uh, and 15 pitches total. They weren't even pitches though, but just. A great thought process of yes, yes, yes. I'm swinging in in the zone. I'm looking for. You know, Nick, we, if you and Sean, I'd love to hear both of you guys unpack this a little bit. Of, of I've heard both of you guys kind of say the yes, 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 no mentality, or I'm going to swing at the pitch until my eyes tell me not to. Instead of a mistake, I hear a lot of hitters make is is they're waiting to see if they get their pitch, and then they're deciding to swing instead of waiting to see, okay, the ball's not in my zone, I'm not swinging. Kind of that yes, 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 no mentality. Nick with, and then Sean, would you guys kind of talk about that as professional hitters? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's kind of goes to that calm aggression. You know, having that in the back of your mind, it's like you're calm and relaxed, but you're so aggressive that, you know, you're anticipating that pitch there. So when it's there, you know, you're going after it. Um, I think that's kind of the best way for me to put it. Um, you know, it, you know, either, whether it's that yes, 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 no, or like, I mean, you're so, you're just waiting for it to be there. And as soon as you get it, you're going. Yeah. I, I agree with Nick. It's like, it's something, it's like everyone kind of has their own thought process, but you know, what do they say? A 95 mile an hour fastball, you know, comes in you have 0.4 seconds to decide whether it's a fastball is it a, is it a, is it is it a curveball is it a slider a split finger a cutter a sinker is it up is it down is it is it out is am i swinging am i not swinging so like at the end of the day you you know it's almost like nick was saying you got to have that thought process of i'm i'm relaxed and i'm gonna i'm, I'm swinging and that relaxation allows me to really see it and and you blink you blink in what 0. 0.3 0. 0.38 38 or 0. 0.4 so it's amazing how it is amazing how the human brain is so awesome and the eyes are so awesome that you can actually the skill of hitting a baseball is so complex, but it dumbs it down for you. I heard hey, you hey Brian, yeah. Brian, I got a question for you. You know, yeah. talking about this calm aggression, which is which is awesome. And I, I think, you know, you know, players need to understand how do I get calm? You know, it, and you know, we kind of talk about it's like we know we're supposed to relax and someone says relax. Uh, uh, I joke around. If I, if I tell my wife to, um, to relax, I'm sleeping on the couch that night. Right. <laughs> so, so <laughs> uh, how do we calm down? What are, what are some ways? And, and I think there's multiple ways, but what are some ways that guys can learn to calm down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think 
to, to kind of close the first part of the conversation about the yes, 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 no, I heard I heard a guy one time, I'll say it was Jed Lowry say, till I'm not, was his mentality. And I'm swinging till I'm not. I'm running because this pitch is in the dirt till I'm not. I'm making the play defensively until the ball's not hit to me. Till I'm not mentality is always progressive. So in terms of that aggressive calm, or I've heard it called a controlled rage, and recently, Sean, going back through Harvey Dorfman's mental keys to hitting, and one of the things he says in there is instead of saying calm aggression, he says, Call it an aggressive calm. Put the word that you want that's like the more aggressive word first. Something to think about. So I've always called it a calm aggression or a controlled rage. But I think if you're going to be in control yourself, and this is Ken Revisa 101, right? If you read Heads Up Baseball, he's got two rules of Heads Up Baseball. Rule number one is you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. Rule number two is you have very little control of what goes on around you, but total control of how you choose to respond to it. So I think I think if you take those and put them together, the first thing players have to understand is that part of the mindset is I that thing out there doesn't stress me out. It's my response to that thing that stresses me out. Right. The pandemic is not the problem. How we handle the pandemic is the problem. The problem is never the problem. It's always how you handle the problem. So if we think about how do I get present, how do I get calm? Right. And I always like to talk about strategies and things that players can do. So one of them. When we talk about walking to home plate, grab the barrel on the bat with your most dominant hand. I picked this up from Eric Backett, the head coach at Michigan. And he said, when we're walking to home plate, he goes, I want our guys walking up there with an edge. I want them walking up there with a presence. I want them walking up there with, with some swagger. He goes, we take our dominant hand, we grab the barrel, we walk to home plate like we're going to the octagon. He goes, and when we get to home plate, we take possession in the batter's box. And then I kind of took something that Revisa had shared with us. And I remember him saying, and this is in the Evan Longoria E60, right, where he says, when you get in the box, get in the box. When you put your gloves on, put your gloves on. He's like, be where you need to be when you need to be there. And I would say, Ken, that sounds good. How do I know if I'm there? And he's like, okay, well, when you come to home plate, when you come to home plate and you clean up the box, which all hitters do, he says, why do you clean the box? Most guys go, well, I don't know. I just clean the box. He says, okay, well, let's give association to it. So when you're cleaning the box, one, Say you're taking possession of the box. It's your batter's box. You're cleaning out footprints. Even if it's turf, you're taking possession of it. The second thing you'd say is feel the dirt. Feel the dirt. And if you're going to hit in front of 50,000 people, you know, at Yankee Stadium, and you can feel the dirt in that little three-by-five piece of real estate underneath your feet, if you can feel that, you're in the present moment. Even if you guys right now stuff your feet on the floor, if you feel that, all your awareness is there, I'm clear, I'm present, I'm connected. The other one is hear it. If I hear it, I'm in the present moment, right? So sound is in the present. Feeling is in the present. The other one is then taking a look at a spot on a bat, which we, I would call focal point. And if I can look at that focal point and take a deep breath, that can be calming for me, you know? And I think the breath is really the biggest part. If I looked at the work I've been doing in the last two decades in the mental game, if I sat down and, and asked those players and said, what was the biggest thing you got out of the mental game? I'm going to get two answers most of the time. Number one is going to be breathing. Number two is going to be controlling what I can control. Because there's so many things, especially in baseball, that you can't control. And if you want to play with a calm, quiet kind of aggression, you got to simplify the battlefield by literally locking in the things you can control. And also, I think, self-talk. And I want to share a video here of, um, you know, something that, that Sean Sean talked about. And then maybe we'll, we'll kind of have him unpack this a little bit and then maybe um you know nick you can talk about how you you would use this as a player you can talk about how you use this as a division one college baseball coach but this concept of like predetermined self-talk to keep it simple 
So I would call this strategy. Can you guys see the screen here of Case at MLB Network? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I call this the three keys to keeping it simple. Let's take a listen. Can't hear it, Brian. Can't hear it. No. Okay. So I can't hear it. So we got to get that piece figured out on the network here. But one of the um, one of the things he's talking about, right, is is the note card he puts in his back pocket. Sean, you want to unpack that for us about the three keys to keeping it simple? Yeah, like Harvey Dorfman was big on, you know, like reminders, you know, like stuff that you you look at every time, right? Like habits, like you create your habits and your habits create you, right? So like, like I had a hat. He taught me to put a note card in my back pocket on a deck I would pull out. And I just had three things written on it. I had see the ball, hammer it, be easy. Right. And so I knew that ball was the most important part. Nick, just like you talked about, like, I knew that, like, that aggressive, like, I can't just be looking for the ball. Like, I actually have to have some intention. And I like to say some bad intentions. My bad intentions were I'm going to hammer this ball. Somewhere, right. So see the ball, hammer it. And then but do it with an easy, calm, a calmness to me. So for me, that was huge because, like, when I pulled out on deck, that was when my bat really like, OK, here we go. And I can remember getting in the box and, and I would I would say to myself, ball. I just so it got that simple at times. Ball, 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 you know, but that note card that Harvey told me really helped me out a lot. And he said, if you're ever struggling mechanically, maybe, you know, you could have a, 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 a like I used to say, keep your hands back. Like that was just something big for me, hands back. And I would write it on the card, but it was like only an on deck thing. I was never like in the box was like, oh, where are my hands? Just it was a reminder. Okay, get your hands back, almost like a subconscious thing. Nick, anything that if you were to say right now, let's say, hey, they call you and they go, hey, we're banging spring training. We're playing February fifth. We're playing in two days. You got to go up and you're facing the Houston Astros, and you got to go against Verlander and Cole and some of the best guys in the game. What would be your three keys to keep it simple if you had to go play right now? My three and. You know, I've, I've written them on my batting gloves in the past as my reminder, you know, just kind of like right on the wrist. Um, breathe is always the first one. Slow and smooth is my second one. And then see the ball. Those are kind of my three. Um, I might have to add a little hammer it or something with that aggressive. But uh, those, those are kind of the three that I've used throughout my career. Nice. And I, I think, you know, one of the things, Casey, you mentioned in that video that we wanted to show was like when you would take you would actually take the note card out and physically look at it physically look at it on the on-deck circle. And then when you were walking to home plate, I remember Raul Obanya shared this with me too, is he'd say when he would like take the donut off and go walking to home plate, he would have a certain thing he would say to himself as he was walking up there, almost as part of the routine to remind him of the mindset he wanted to have going to home plate. Uh, let's go Ryan Schatzberger as a division one college baseball coach. Okay. How have you used like this concept of the three keys? And you and I have worked together now a number of years and we've called them the ABCs, right? Like three things, ABC to keep it simple. But as a head coach, your season's coming up here in, in two weeks. As you're taking this concept that Sean and Nick are talking about, the three keys to keep it simple. And I want to maybe if we can here, because we've got some people on here, I think that are, that are non-baseball players, non-baseball coaches. So they're wondering, okay, well, can we get out of some of the baseball specific talk and maybe apply it now to a bigger picture? So Shati, as a coach, a CEO, an entrepreneur, how could you take the concept of three keys to keep it simple and apply that to what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> kind of back a little bit back to what they said. I think the biggest thing, King, we've been together now almost 16 years. 
is learning, teaching these kids how to breathe and, and, and how to have success. And, and part of that goes into, you know, our, our four core, which are, are, you know, process, energy, toughness. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that is so easy for them to get lost in the success and failure of baseball. When, you know, Nick and Sean, you guys know better than anybody. You're going to have days where you're like, what am I doing? You know, and, and but the confidence to come back the next day. And I, I tell them all the time, the best guys make adjustments pitch to pitch, not at bat to a bat, not day to day. And I think the, you know, having the routine, not just a routine, what you do on the baseball field, but in your life, you know, one of our, our rules, and I took this from Pete Carroll's be early, you know, handle all of the other stuff in your life. So that when you get to the field, you're prepared and you're organized and, you know, dealing with 18 to 22 year olds during a pandemic has not been a whole lot of fun, but it's a great opportunity to learn. You know, it's like, it's that Jocko willing, good mentality. You know, um, I've learned a lot, not knowing a lot this, this whole pandemic. And, and, and I think the biggest thing though, is learning how to breathe and having your, your, your four key elements that you re, you revert back to regardless of what's going on. And I think the biggest one for me is the process. Um, because everybody wants to get tied into the outcome of, of what goes on. And, you know, I use your stuff a lot, Sean and, and, and Nick Saban and, and a lot of guys. And, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I just remember good players. Nick, I remember when you were at Louisville and I was at Houston, like, I think you were a freshman. And we're going, this guy's going to be a superstar because of how you carried yourself, how you walked to the box dictate. We're like, this guy's going to be a problem. And you hadn't taken a swing yet, but how you got there and, and the, the aura kind of that you had changed the dynamic for pitchers, for coaches, just everybody. I think that's one of the, you know, the octagon wall, walking to home plate, holding the barrel, um, controlling the box. And, and, you know, case you talked about your kind of, I call it a final thought and we, we tie our final thought into our rhythm when we hit. And, uh, I just think. All of this stuff is so good that, you know, this is such a, a, a deep dive you can take and, and go and go. But the simple stuff, breathing, having a routine, having a plan and, and, you know, the focal point on the bat, you know, especially now with umpires trying to speed the game up, get in the box, get in the box. So we practice it. Our guys go through the routine and I'm in the right behind them screaming at them. Hey, hurry up, get in the box, get in the box. You go play A&M or you go play at Texas or you go play at you know, TCU, they're on you and, and it's awesome. But I think this stuff's awesome. And, and you guys, you know, as a player, I don't think you guys realize the impact that Major League Baseball, the network has on on us and, and our kids. And, you know, I, I try to I send them clips all the time and, and you guys are a great resource for us. And, you know, the vision training stuff, Ryan, you're talking about, we have one on campus. And we use it all the time. And it's. But. You know, just simplifying the process is huge for me. Shotzi, can I jump in real quick? Uh, dude, yeah. that's great stuff. That is that's such great stuff. I I love what you said. The one thing, like, like going pitch by pitch. Like at the end of the day, um, that breath. I, when I look back at my career, that breath was so important for that because I can remember like gearing up for the first pitch sometimes. Oh, oh, and I'd swing through it, and I'd be like, boy, I'm I'm a I'm a touch anxious. Like, I got to get that down. So, like, I'm going to take a nice deep breath. Or my breath might be a, maybe a little bigger on that pitch. Like, step back, make sure. And I love what you said, Shotzi, because I, I say this to kids all the time. Like, 
hey, you know how to breathe? When I say breathe, does that mean, no, that's like, I love that you say, no, you've got to teach kids how to breathe, like in through your nose, diaphragmic breathing, like, let's make sure like we're, we're hitting our brain. Let's make sure that, that the breath's getting, you know, the anxiety's starting to move and we're moving our energy and we're really getting able to sit in that. And I think that breath work, like you said, Nick, one of your three keys is, is breathe. I think for me, that was probably my biggest key. Like, and, and to an, analyze that breath, every pitch, because if I'm a little geared up and I'm swinging and missing, okay, man, I was really ahead of that fastball. What's going on here? Hey, I'm a little anxious. Let me back it down a little bit. Right. And so that was a key is living and dying every pitch with that breath, being able to reset whatever I needed to reset on the fly. So I didn't waste in a bat. Love that. Love that. And, you know, a couple of things that are, that are coming out as you guys are talking, you know, I want to make sure that for the people with us on this call and then the ones we're going to watch the recording is that we come into this not with the mentality for entertainment. We come into this with the mentality for education. And we come into this not because, hey, I want to sit down and pay attention to something for 40 minutes and, 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 and taking up time of my day. I want you to not, I want this to not be temporary. I want this to be legendary. But the difference with that is temporary is I sit down. Hey, what'd you get out of Sean Casey? If I run into Nick Solak two weeks ago, hey, what'd you get out of coffee with Casey and Kane? Oh, it was great, man. Great energy. Good talk about baseball. That ain't going to help you. What's going to help you is when you come out here going, hey, I got this strategy about keeping it simple. I got this strategy about using my eyes to be able to calm my mind before the pitch is thrown. I was able to connect with Ryan Harrison and we put his contact info here in the group chat that you can follow through. You know, or I heard about writing down three keys to keep it simple or cleaning the box and feeling the dirt or or feeling my gloves when they come on here in the dirt strategies to keep me present. So I just want to make sure that we understand maybe if we can take one strategy out of today, one idea can literally change the world. And I think one of those ideas that I want to just come back to to make sure as we kind of wrap the call up here is the concept of the three keys. Right. Sean wrote down his three keys to keep it simple on a note card. Tom Brady writes him down on a wristband. You can see written here. Then if we go in closer, he's saying knees flexed, down to down, no turnovers. A hockey player I work with, with the Blackhawks, before every game, he will, part of his routine, take out a piece of paper. He'll write down his three keys to keep it simple, and then he'll send them uh, send them to me in a picture of, with a text message as a part of his, his process. You know, And one of the other things I think becomes important is that we understand, ah, I'm trying to see if I can get this, is we understand that you have to practice the process. And when we talk about practicing the process, not going to happen here, but, um, you know, there's, there's a practicing body language. And Nick, I think for you and for, for Ryan, when you're working with your hitters, this is George St. Pierre, two back-to-back fight, his walk to the octagon. If you take a look at the right, and then you take a look at the left, you don't have to look very far, Nick Solak. Which guy is going to perform better in the octagon? The guy on the left or the guy on the right? Guy on the left. No question. The guy on the right is George St. Pierre in his first title defense. He's a UFC world champion at the time. He's pound for pound number one fighter in the world. The guy on the left is the first fight after his loss. He gets knocked out in the fight on the right against Matt Sarah, UFC 69, April 2007 in Houston. The next fight on the left is, is August 2007 in Vegas. What's the difference? And in talking to George, he would say the difference between those two, those two fights, right, was preparation. The morning of that fight on the left, it was the first fight I had worked with him. That morning, we're at the Mandalay Bay and we're in the locker room, literally practicing, walking to the octagon, getting up, circling around the cage, 
practicing his pre-fight routine. And I think the key other to take off of this is you have to practice your process. So, Nick, if you want to be walking up the Game 7 of the World Series and you want to be able to get present by feeling the dirt under your feet, you got to feel the dirt when you're hitting in your cage in, in Nashville right now. You know, Shotzi, if you want your players to be able to handle umpires' bad calls in a catch-pressure situation, you have, to, you have to put bad calls on them during training right now. We have to practice our process. Because one thing we don't do is we don't rise to the occasion. We sink to our training. We sink to our training. So our training's got to be important. Let's wrap it up today with what I call tilts, T-I-L-T. Today I learned that, something that you took out of today that you feel like you can implement into your process, your life, to help you be the best you you can be. And uh, let's start with uh, the highlight of my day, man. Uh, Afro, Ryan Harrison, let's go. When are you coming to San Francisco? What did you take out of hey, today, Ryan? The, the, the one thing I took, but, I, but I, I learned this before, Brian, is I knew I didn't need my coffee today because I had Brian and Sean on there. I knew they were going to bring the energy on there. Don't need caffeine. If you're useful, you're useful. If you're useless, you're useless, man. So we got to find a way to bring it. Awesome, Ryan. Good to see you, man. Thanks for coming on and thanks for joining us and, and sharing your knowledge so openly as you always do, man. Big fan. Right? Hey, Brian. I appreciate it, man. What'd you take out of today, thanks, brother? Brian. Yeah, I got the me versus me. You know, and it's that's I got a three-year-old at home. It's me versus me all the time with how I handle him and how I handle these 18 to 23-year-olds. And that's a huge thing for me and, and for these kids. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Let's go to Nick Solak, man. Appreciate you joining us today. What did you take out of today? Yeah, I, I was fascinated by the use of the eyes. And if your eyes are moving, you're, you aren't thinking. So the thinking about a broad focus is, you know, looking at the right center, being consistent with it because I've done it in the past, but looking at the right center gap and then becoming a finer focus to the, to the arm. Awesome. And then hey, Brian, Brian, let me add this real quick. Nick, I just want to clar clarify something. The the words um, broad, and, and I'll I'll get mad at Sean. Broad is is kind of this wide angle peripheral vision, see see everything, right? And Brian Brian brought up the word hard, and hard is this this tight, tense stare at something. And then there's this idea of fine, which is detail oriented, but really loose, but but clear and sharp. Okay. So a lot of people think they got to be in the soft focus and they got to be in this hard focus, but it's really learning how to control your fine focus. So when you're looking at like the numbers, really looking at like the inside of a three. Okay. Not just like the three on the 350 or, but really fine tune what you see out there and then fine tuning on your next thing. So it's a controlled fine, fine, fine. Not a soft, hard, or or anything like that. Hopefully, that clarifies a little bit of language. In there. Absolutely, love it, love it. Let's go uh, in our group chat. You know, David Manuel, Eric Burns. I know we've got uh, other people with us as well. You know, uh, what I'd like to hear, Kyle. Would you get out of this coming in from Southington, Connecticut, up there, probably shoveling snow? Would you guys get out of this? Go ahead and post that inside of our group chat. Sean Casey, would you take out? Man, you know what? I, I loved what Shotzi said about Pete Carroll. Like, be on, be early. Like, get yourself together. Like, uh, you know, be ready to go so that you're not rushing and you're not, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, you settle in, get ready, and then then get ready to go play. Hmm. And I think that as David Manuel, who's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner up in Canada, he said the calm aggression will be my new mantra around the mats. Uh, which I love. So we'll get more of that coming in the chat. I think the biggest thing I took out of this day would be two things, what I call the E to E ratio, right? As I used to call it, the education to entertainment ratio. How much of your time, you look at the apps on your phone, you look 
through the programs that you watch on TV, you look at what you were doing here, how much of the time is entertainment in your life versus how much time is education? And I think the one thing that sticks out to me is that you look at the guys on this call, right? We got, we got one of the best hitters in baseball history. We got a guy who's, who's going to be an all-star in Major League Baseball in the next two, three years. We got one of the top vision coaches on the planet. We got Ryan Schatzberger, who's a Division One head college baseball coach. And everybody's open to learn. They're also open to share because they realize that maybe the greatest gift that we have is our opportunity to touch a life and impact a life, right? If we come in here, if I give Sean Casey a dollar and he gives me a dollar, we each walk away with a dollar. But if I give Sean an idea, he gives me an idea, Nick shares an idea, Harry shares an idea, Shot shares an idea, shit, we're all walking off of here with five ideas. And you don't need five ideas to change the world, you need just one. But if you got five, you got five times as many chances. So I think the willingness to share and you know being able to think about the three E's. I always thought it was education and entertainment. There's a third one, it's called energy. And when you get around people who are like-minded, when you get around people who, are, who have big goals like you do, you get energized. So that was probably one of the biggest things I took out of today was just the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are on the same mission as you. Love it, Brian. I think this is a fun format to uh, to be able to share some uh, simple ideas and, and different opinions on it. Hmm. Awesome. Well, want to be respectful of people's times. I know we could probably sit here and wrap uh, until 8.48 p.m. So I want to <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us here and knocking and coming in. Thank you, Nick Solak, for taking the time to come in here. Shotzi, thanks for thank joining you. us. And uh, Sean Casey, man, thank you for taking time out of your world to sit down with us and on coffee with Casey and Kane. Until next time, don't count the days. Do what, Shots? Make the days count. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. This is Brian Kane, and I would love for you to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. I'd also love to engage with you directly on social media. So please reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. And then make sure you head over to BrianKane.com and check out some of our articles on our blog, some of our videos. And if you're a coach looking to master mental performance and up your game so you can help your clients get the results they've been looking for, Check out my Mental Performance Mastery Coaches Certification, where we teach you about the mindset, routines, and habits that your clients need to get the results they've been looking for. If you're an athlete or a performer listening to this podcast, head over to briancane.com and click on Athletes. Check out my 30 Days to Mental Performance Mastery for Athletes program, where I walk you through and coach you virtually to help you master the mental game and give yourself the best chance for success. Thanks for being with us here on the podcast. Let's dominate the day.